Welcome to the On Course Podcast presented by New England Golf Journal. I am Sean Melia, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed colleague and co-host, Jim McCabe. Jim, how's it going? Well, the sun's out today. Oh, this man. This particular day, the sun's out. I mean, come on, we all, I think we all got in a little bit of morbid sense of, oh, my God, it's dark it's at dark. 4.30. And <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know you might not play golf for weeks, months. Yeah. You try your best to stay upbeat, but not as much golf to watch and Yeah. So, well yeah. there is some there is some golf to watch. If, there is. if you're a Netflix yeah. Cup guy, you could watch some yeah, golf I in tr- Vegas. I, tried. I, I I saw them running and, and running and putting at the same time I said, Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, some, it was some uh, people probably are into this, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it it I I, ha- I put it on in the background, and then I left the room, and my wife got home, and my wife sat down on the couch, and usually golf's like on in the background if there's nothing else to watch, right? Yeah. And she sits down, I walk back into the room, and her face is just like stone, and she turns and looks at me and what goes, is-, is this golf, or is this shenanigans? <laughs> like, what is going yeah. on? I was like, that's the perfect way to describe it. I, I, I did know they were F1 drivers. Yeah. I knew that, and I knew it was the hip guys, and Justin and Ricky, and yep. although we call them Morikawa, which rule. I knew all that, and I knew it was four against four, or two, two man, four two-man teams. I did not know there was going to be all these things where they all hit at the same time, and yeah, then they got in a golf cart. I thought it was just that accident. I thought that was the silliest thing. They got in golf carts on a part three yeah, and raced them to the green. Yeah. He said, I'm not sh- quite sure. Maybe the top golf or, or people down there would understand what they're doing, but I'm like. Those young kids. The, the young, youngins <laughs> would understand that. I just, I just didn't quite grasp it, but uh, yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, it is. It's, uh, but it's it was a golf new, on TV. Golf on TV. Absolutely. And there, there was one uh, kind of one big piece of news. It's released maybe three weeks ago now, but mm-hmm. we have Allison Walsh joining us today who was on the LPGA Tour, and we have an event coming back to the Boston area, TPC Boston, the FM Global Championship, $5.5 million purse. Just general thoughts on, like, Uh, the LPGA coming back here. Well, that was the first thing. It was great. Yes. It's it's professional golf. It has been without it for a couple years. It's not, like, a long separation, but a couple years, and you're at a time when you'd love to have something. So the two things was, A, it was good to, it was rumored it was coming back. So kind of, that was good. I thought it was a home run that they went to TPC Boston. Okay. I, there were other places that, oh, they mm-hmm. maybe go here, maybe go there. Maybe call me a sucker. I don't know. But I think it is going to connect with people who the, obviously the Deutsche Bank and the tournament, the PGA Tour tournament at TPC Boston, a lot of people went to it. Yes. They know it. Yeah, that's a and good point. there's a sense of, oh, I know I know, I know this hole. I love it. And now the women are going to play it separately. Not separately. The women are going to play it differently. But I know, I know the course pretty well. I know you know it pretty well. Yep. It can set up for the women very easily. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I the women are probably going to play where most of the members play. Yeah, if I would think. I just think it's so good. It's Labor Day weekend again, um, which is when the Deutsche Bank Dell whatever correct. was as well. You know, right? I think that is going to. We all know, even though the summer of twenty three really didn't shine on us, we do know that time late August. Yeah, the first couple of weeks in September are usually ideal. Yep. 
I, it's so many things about it are really, really good. And we also have probably one of the four or five best players on the LPGA is a local. Yep. True local product. Yeah. Megan Kang. Yep. And Megan has finally, she finally has won. I hate to say it like that, but I know. It was a long wait. Yeah. It was a long wait. She broke through. She's playing at the end of the year. She's been playing very steadily. So it's, I think there's so many aspects who are really, really good. Yep. Yeah. And I, I Googled how, how, how far away Megan Kang grew up from. It's like 35 miles. It's, it's, and, and, and the other one is Alexa Pano, who also won. Yeah. Well, Patriots fan. Well, hopefully Patriots fan. We'll hopefully have a sponsor by the Patriots. We'll hopefully have a chance to play in that too. I don't know how the, how the, all the, the field building will work, but as a, as a winner, I'm sure she's, she'll have the ability to play in the event. And then it's also leading right up to the Solheim Cup. So like for Megan Kang and for a lot of those players, it'll be the last event they play before. Right. They play the the Solheim Cup in in Virginia. I thought it was. I didn't realize this going into it. I did hear it that it was going to be held, and the course wasn't decided. So I wasn't totally shocked when I heard it was official. The Fenway Sports Group broke with the deal, got that done. All that's good. Didn't realize you take away the majors and maybe the LPGA Tour Championship. Yeah, it's. It's right up there. I yeah. mean, it might be the biggest purse. Yeah. That is significant. Yep. For too many years, it became, there was so much money on the PGA Tour that, uh, I don't know, I forgot, is this purse 15 or 20 million? <laughs> is this purse 10 or 12? Yep. I mean, it was so ridiculous. Yep. And this is new to the women's game, and this is, it's so good that it is, it, it's coming into fruition. So that, that, significant to me that it is such a good purse yeah it's great I, is it is it three and a half or is it more because i know what oh, i saw on the internet was three and a half and and then i know like yesterday there was an announcement that purses they kind of put a little bit more money way, in I the purses going to be more more but i don't know for sure okay yeah i i i saw three and a half but i know that there was a release that just in general purses were kind of boosted by some and, funding so and as we sit here today that happened a couple weeks ago and today there was a report that ESPN is going to enter a contract mm-hmm. with the LPGA, so that's good. Yep, a lot of so so many of these things are moving in a positive direction. Yep, it's all about eyeballs. Well, let's bring in Allison Walsh to talk a little yes. bit about the LPGA tour, her experience. She's got a great story, and she's going to be a great guest. So let's let's bring her in and chat with Allison. Okay, I want to welcome in Allison Walsh to the Encore's podcast. Allison, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be here and chat with you guys. Yeah, we were just awesome. saying, just saying before uh, we hit record, there's a there's a lot to talk about. You've got a great career and a super interesting golf life. Jim and I were talking before you hopped on just about the LPGA Tour announcing that they're kind of returning to Boston and playing TBC Boston in the FM Global Championship. And I thought we'd start there, just what that means for golf in this area, for you as someone who played on the LPGA Tour. What was that news like and kind of what does that mean for for this area? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's amazing news. And I I, before, I wish it happened 15 years ago, multiple <laughs> years to play in a, in a tournament here in the, in the area. But no, I knew there was events in Massachusetts back in the day, as they say, but I mean, everyone had fond memories. Some of my peers from the tour that played in those and 
I was just kind of waiting for the day for it to happen because the community up here is massively behind golf. And we've been fortunate to have some male events up here. And I knew it was a matter of time. And with the the trend in women's sport, I was waiting for the announcement. And I think it's it's awesome. Not only is it an event here in our neighborhood, though, it's also the largest purse, I think, outside of a major. So I think that speaks highly to the, the sponsor behind it. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I think it's going to be an awesome event. There were a couple of things I was telling Sean. That, that, yes, it's great to, that they bring in one, but it was all. It also struck me that two two things are really cool to me. A, it's at TPC Boston, and I just think that is so cool because in the I don't know sixteen, seventeen years or whatever we had a tournament there, Deutsche Bank into the Barclays Northern Trust, I guess. Yeah. Um, People got to know the golf course, and I think that makes a huge difference when fans, golf savvy golf fans, know. Oh no, we're going out to the fourth hole. No, let I want to see them play seventeen. So I think that's a really good good thing. It's a TPC Boston, and it comes at a time when one of the better players out there is Megan Kang. She is clearly. I mean, she played a couple Solheim Cups. She finally broke through and won. She's continued to play. That makes a difference too, don't you think? These two, those two elements. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think knowing the golf courses, is, I was just saying to you guys before we got on here, I was at Sea Island last week and there's a men's event there this week. And for me as a golfer, an avid golfer, I'm already, you know, excited to watch some of those holes. So I think the familiarity is, is a huge draw, but with the likes of Megan King being such a, a top American player right now and in a home favorite of you I, I think it's just it's gonna bring out huge crowds and it's gonna really put it on the map there's there's also the interesting that's kind of the same dynamic where ha- watching sometimes watching men play a golf course is like I, I this is not it's this is not how i would play a golf course this is not how sure. he plays a golf course and i think the augusta national women's amateur has been has been such an awesome thing to watch because you're seeing golfers who are extraordinarily talented play the golf course in a different way. And that's another kind of great part about getting to watch TBC Boston and guys great DJ shot 28 under par. That's amazing. But like, let's, let's watch Megan Kang play the golf mm-hmm. course and let's watch the quarter sisters cool. play the golf course. Right. And I think that, that, and it's like a, it's a tricky line to play where you're, I'm not saying that they're not as good. It's just a different, style of golf and a different way to play and i think for me it's more interesting to watch a lot of times whatever golf course they're playing than it is watching the men sometimes who just like bash and wedge it over and well, over well it's relatable right like yeah so i play programs i play golf with mostly predominantly males at, at my club when i play the men's tees and and the elite women lpga players are generally hitting it with your elite amateur male golfers right they're kind of level part of their distance or and and so a lot of guys, the women on it, like the men, the men professionals, but the women on the length and the, some of the skill, obviously, but the men can kind of relate a little bit more and really see how good these girls are, which that's what I love. They're like, why are you playing the men's tees? Well, they're hitting it just as far as you guys. So I think that's kind of a, the, the, to your point, right? Yeah. And you are, we are at a time just today, um, the ESPN announced the two-year deal with the LPGA, which is 
let's face it, there were there have been too many times over the last few years, and I know this because I have a friend of mine who's a passionate LPGA fan, and he goes, how come I have to watch him on tape delay on Saturday, uh, Friday, Sunday night when I already know who won? And so that's a huge, I think that's a good, and we are at a time. Fenway Sports Group is also heavily invested in the professional women's soccer. It's all, you have the professional women's soccer is a big deal. I think the WNBA, I mean, my, my nephew was filling me with all the details. And so I watched some of it with him and out in Las Vegas, that thing was, the playoffs were pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time to bring this tournament here. And yeah. you, you're kind of, you're not out there anymore, but you still know what it is. What, what do you, what is the mood on the LPGA right now? Yeah. I, I left the tour full time a year ago, but I'm still involved. Like you said, like I played an event this year and so forth, but I get the, it's funny to come in from it from this angle now, because I have a, a unique perspective of being in it, but then still being in it, but seeing where it's at. And it's, it's completely, it's teared up in a positive way. I think it's gotten more serious, which is because there's higher persons, there's more competition. The level is just naturally evolving to a talent that's, the rookie talent's better than the talent that it was 10 years ago, just natural. But I think that speaks to, A, the popularity of the game on the women's side and the opportunity, right? The more opportunities we have with higher purses and, and more TV time and the more it's, it's shown as an opportunity, you're just an up the level naturally. And I think going out there now, it, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. It if it already always was, but it's just got a little bit more of a little elite edge, if you will, as you're walking around, which is neat. There's also just the I get the sense I don't think I've ever been to an LPJ tour event, but listening to people. Oh, talk, come on, right. I know. Well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there in August. I can't wait. But it 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 feels like even as when you went to the Deutsche Bank, like it was not an accessible event as far as maybe getting to getting to chat with a player or feeling like there's a little bit more of a connection even between the fans and the players. The women are very, very good at that. And they uh, take time. And I don't think it's just for kind of the marketing, the social media side of it. It feels like everybody who has been at events who have like no skin in the game feel like they, their kids are connected with the athletes. They take the, the players take time. Even the, the biggest ones you get, Rojang is going to be here in August. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Nelly Court is going to be here, like like American golfers who are at the top of their game. And there's just it's just a little bit more connected than when you go to uh, a PGA Tour event where everything is just everything feels very far away and like you're just watching it on like a little bit of a closer TV. Yeah, think about yeah. It. I know it's funny in pro ams. Everyone always kind of gives us that feedback that they feel it's a little more it ca- not casual. I don't want to say casual, but you know, there's more interaction, a little more. Yeah, and I, I was corporate you know, almost, right? Like that's yeah, yeah. And we pride ourselves on that. I think because a, I think we come from a bit of the behind, right? And we're always fighting from the the underdog, if you will, to the men's game. So I think we want to showcase who we are, our talent. But we under we appreciate where the opportunity is coming from, who the sponsors are, who the people are buying the tickets, who the fans are, and I think that's a positive that's come out of being the underdog. And I think it's just naturally there. Yeah. They will have all show, uh, another thing Sean mentioned 
quirky situation. We will have back-to-back Solheim Cups. I guess it was a product of the COVID. And, I think they're trying to get away from the Ryder Cup. And, getting away and from the, the Walker Ryder Cup. Cup. And, yeah. So you will be in Boston or Norton, Massachusetts, next year talking about the Solheim Cup. What, yeah. Two weeks, three weeks. And then that always presents a different bit, a bit of a buzz, too. Again, there's so many... So many positives circling this thing. Good, good corporate sport, Fenway Sports Group behind it. The, the women's game is, if you pay attention to it, there's some really cool young players. The woman, Allison Cord- Cortez. Corpus. Corpus. Yeah. Was a really good winner of the U.S. Women's Open. Really yeah. Vu. You know, yeah. It, it is, it's at a good time. It really is. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of down to that crunch time because is it? It's the last weekend of September, first August, right? right. And I don't, is it after the British or before? Excuse my ignorance, but it's the crunch before. time for to make the Soul team. Yeah, either right. the team will have just been announced, so they'll have like the players kind of getting ready for it, which is also a really great buzz, or they'll be announcing the because it it feels like it's maybe too close to be have spots still open, but you're going to get. Right. Most of the players, because it's in Virginia, will be pl- most likely, you'd imagine, they'd be playing 10 days before. As we saw with the Ryder Cup, it helps to play golf before you play in right. a competition. And one of the bigger purses. I don't yes. think they'll skip out. Yeah. It's almost one of the bigger regular right. events. Well. Yeah, so it'll be a cool buzz, especially with it only happening last year and the, they, them tying and all that stuff. It'll be, I think that'll be a nice boost for, for the event too, for sure. Are you going to try to play? Is this something that realistically, yeah. like in the back yeah. of your mind? Yeah, yeah I love it. No, I'm still, I, even though I'm working now, I wish these purses existed 10 year, but years ago, but no, I for sure want to play. It, it's a dream of mine to play in Boston, like played local environments like that, but never had the opportunity to play a pro event up here. So I would love to play in it and bring rally the troops, bring more fans out and have a blast. So for those that might not know me as one of them, like what would the avenue be for like a local golfer who's thinking like, I, cause we got Monday qualifiers. Right. Monday qualifiers, I'm, I believe, and for a lot of events also exist on the LPGA tour. So that's, is that, that's one avenue for you. What are the other avenues that, that could possibly work for you to get in or for someone else to get in? Is that yeah. Answer? So, um, I'm fortunate that I'm still a tour member and you right. know, gain status for my years out there and stuff. So I have an avenue via that, depending on if I play anything prior or there's all sorts of variables, but for your general, qualifier if you will monday qualifier like like you mentioned on the men's tour similar on the female tour you have to have lpga status or a, a tour affiliated status to get into that sometimes and i would assume there might be a local qualifier to get into that um yeah. but yeah so if if i don't make my way in or somehow get an opportunity i will be at that qualifier ready to roll prepping but but no there's definitely ways for some local people or, or girls not in the field to to gather in yeah which is another great piece of this whole thing right yeah like yeah. just having giving there's a there's a there's a lot of like up and coming high school college you got i mean molly smith you'd imagine would be giving that a crack and uh, yeah so i yeah that's another kind of neat part of it that you just want people to know about, know about it so that doesn't slip by and suddenly there's a, a college player who might be interested and in, from the area who wants to try to play with the pros for for although it would be great if it was only just you on the first tee and you could just wander <laughs> 18 holes <laughs> All right, your story is cool. I do people do you ever throw that away as a, throw that out as a 
oh, by the way, I was born in Ireland. How often does that, is that a good conversation, uh, kick off a yeah. good conversation piece? Yeah, my story gets confusing because, yeah, I was born in Ireland, moved here when I was young, when I was five, and and I played, no one really knew I was Irish unless they knew me, knew me personally, but I played for the U.S. growing up. I played on the Curtis Cup team, the World Amp team, and all that stuff, so then all of a sudden when I turned pro, there was this Irish flag next to my name, so kind of threw people on a whim, and and I'm very, very proud Irish, trust me. I, I toot that horn all the time, but... No, it's it's a cool story. Like, I mean, Jim, you guys are in media. You know, yeah. There's something fun to talk about. And I'm very proud of that. But, you know, my family will probably hate me for saying this. I've played for the U.S. my whole life. So I, I truly yeah. feel patriotic <laughs> there. But I'm a true Irish-American, I guess. There you go. Do Have you played, gone back to Ireland, play a lot of golf? So I played, I, I probably played in, gosh, they got rid of it for a good chunk of time there. But I played in the Irish Open. A good amount of the years, I think two or three years, maybe when I first started out, it, it existed. It just came back into the uh, into the circuit the last year. So I want to actually maybe even go do another another week on that. But uh, yeah, and then I go back quite often on my own time to play with family and friends. Or when I was playing on the tour, I would always go over at least the week before the British and kind of do that whole prep, if you will. I love it. I think I love that style of golf. I love creativity. I'm the kind of the athlete perspective of a golfer so i like to use all that those avenues the breaks and all that stuff so it's fun is he in your career when i was oh, I'd friends of mine would say oh what do you know about her and i'd say oh yeah her a college career but i i think it's gonna be a real cool thing to know this is forever in your in your resume the curtis cup of all places the old course and four yeah. and oh the record was four in a row, four and oh. Yeah. Um, that's going to be, you got to take a lot of pride. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, ignorance is blessed in the moment. I didn't, you're kind of just living in it and doing it. And, but with the way social media and everything has just become the forefront of everything with the recent Curtis Cups and Walker Cups being on TV those stats pop up and I'll get the random note. Hey, hey, well, she saw it. So it's kind of fun to relive it now as that's, it's it's becoming, it's helping me in the world of social media now. But I was very fortunate to be on that team at St. Andrews. I think we were the first, first courage up there, first girls to use the RNA locker room. All little tidbits yeah. here and there were really neat to be a part of. And I was fortunate to go back and play a couple of British Opens there. And I, I feel like it's another home golf course. We played so many rounds there and took advantage of it. But it's not just, yeah, it's probably one of my fondest golf memories for sure. It, it, it has to be. Um, I There was something, I think the Walker Cup team played, they're actually a tremendous Walker Cup this past summer. And yeah, it's just always, listen, there's good Walker Cups or great Curtis Cups. But when they're at the old course, it's just different. It's different. And watching on TV, now I know the course very well. And there's just, um, when you're there and you had that thing, well, I mean, you can't really explain the golf course to people when you first tell them. It, it just, it, it does look like, my goodness, maybe this is the surface of the moon. It's different. <laughs> um, yeah. Did, did you... Did you get a good feel for it right away or did it have to come slowly to you? I did. It's funny. I'll, I'm a golf nerd, right? So I love the home of golf. 
St. Andrews and the country club and all those things. So it's funny when I hear people talk about the old course and you guys might get similar feedback. People are always like, oh, it's a very mixed review. Uh And I think, I think being fortunate to have played it many times, I think that's the way you really can appreciate it because that place plays different every day. You could see it up day one and it's the wind blowing out in the Southwest at 40 miles per hour and you could play day two and it's Northeast. And, and I think that's what makes it so amazing. I think you, you go out there every day and you can get beat up or it can be easy. So, and I think that's a true testament to what it is, right? It's just natural and. And it brings that. And then, of course, the history. I mean, we all know famous ball shots in different locations. And so that's where that stuff comes to the front and is pretty special to be part of while you're playing. As I found as I've gotten older and you kind of look back on on certain things, when you were in the Curtis Cup, did it did it strike you that this was a kind of a really great moment in Curtis Cup history, or were you just a Curtis Cup player showing up to St. Andrews trying to trying to win and beat Great Britain and Ireland, trying to beat yeah. No, it definitely, I mean, A, just being a part of it, that was a huge goal of us getting there as a team. I mean, that in itself was like, wow. And then everyone, I think all my teammates, I, I, I know I can speak for a majority of them, really understood the importance and the specialness behind being at St. Andrews. It was obviously marketed alongside us, but Honestly, we we walked in, we were treated, they treated us unbelievable. We met some of the people involved with the RNA, we did tours. So we really got to embrace the history while we were there before we even teed it up. And I think it just made it that much more, we were more motivated that week than I think had we not done that whole experience or known, I don't know, if we'd go teed it up at some Midwestern golf course in, in the States for the first time. I don't know if it would have been different, but it was a really cool deal. Yeah, Midwest golf course is catching a drive-by. I know, that's sorry, that's a jab. No, I know, but no, it 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 is it is they. There's a reason why I think the USGA and the RNA have really made. Listen, they've always throughout history played great courses in the Walker Cup. I mean, people put the list out now, and it's no different. But they have really stepped up the game with the Curtis Cup sites for the women and and for the women's open. Yeah, um, there were there were years when I I would go to them and cover them and just stop my friends from the USGA and I said, "Why are we playing a women's open here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to pick out and name the courses." But it was so so wrong, and that's why now when you look at them and they they. A couple of years ago, they played Oakmont. They played Newport. They they've stepped up to, and and it's only, I think it only makes everything legitimizes. Uh, oh yeah, the competition well, like Pebble, yeah. right? Yeah. You're bring in, bring in. Yeah. yeah, you're related to the men's events there. Yeah. You, no it's a different kind of yeah, which is kind of neat. No question. Yeah. You, Sean is dying to ask you about his, go ahead, what, ask him. What do you want to ask about? The hole in one. The hole in one. I, I wanted to We're just. We're talking about great golf courses. Yeah, so. right. That's a good, that's a good segue. Good job, Jim. That's, that's a <laughs> seminal hole in one. That's not I was wondering where this was going. I, Jim wrote about it last year for New England Golf Journal, and it was kind of one of my first introductions to you just as a golfer. And then I started kind of learning about you a little bit. And, but just, Talking about great golf courses and Walker Cups and mm. Seminole. What? Yeah. And then getting a hole in one. Like Seminole is one of those things that most golfers would just be like, I want to play Seminole. And then 
and then getting an ace on 17, which is like one of the hardest par fives in the country <laughs> as a par three. Just yeah. what was that? What what was that like? Or just getting a hole in one there? Yeah, I I lived down in Jupiter, Florida for gosh twelve years probably, and fortunate to play Seminole, playing the pro member there, and, and some, obviously again being a golf nerd, think it's an amazing spot. And funny enough, you mentioned the Walker Cup. The day I had the hole in the Walker Cup preview team, if you will, was there doing a practice session. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so they were all hanging out, but uh, yeah, it was with my husband, uh, a member that's a really good friend of mine. And it was funny. It was a typical seminal day blowing hard, the wind and got to the hole. We didn't even see it go in. So we hit and it was one of these where the wind was actually blowing downwind aggressively. And it was kind of wow. one of these just cover the front number, we hit it good. And we're like, oh, it's probably close. And we got a match going and we're like, whatever. And my caddy was just still zoned in on his yardage find on the range finder and he's like i think that went in and we were like no no, no. he's like i swear i think it went in and sure enough we got up there and he was in the hole and we went nuts and did the whole celebration and i mean honestly it was i think my husband freaked out more than i did because he's just as much into the the whole thing but yeah we went ballistic and it was looking back now i'm like that is the coolest place to have one and like yeah good one got a cool little memento in it and yeah it's I'll forever remember that. That's what I was going to ask next. Like, what do they do when you get a hole in one at Seminole? Like, what you get so, up the course? Yeah, they took my golf ball and I got a. They it's like this framed Indian head that the Seminole logo and yeah. it's got the golf ball like on a tee, a brass tee, and it kind of has an engraves what the yardage was and your name, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah. And then are you are you on the hook for rounds rounds afterwards too? So that's conservative. So I didn't know what was going on when I came in. I'm like, am I going to be, is the wall going to be pounded? But we had a, it's more of a champagne celebration. Okay. And so we did a, yeah, we did a nice bottle of champagne and anyone on the patio could have a glass. But uh, so it's actually kind of a nice place on the wallet to get one. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Really champagne all at once. I love it. Yeah. So your, your days as a traveling tour player over. Yeah. You haven't lost any of your passion for the game, but you're like the rest of us now here in November. Do you dread the next three months? I know you get work and you have to work. We all have to work. But I mean, it's it's depressing to know you can't just go out and play nine on the way home from work. It's okay. awful. What gets you it's through awful. the next month? Um, I'm going to try to steal days until they close. If any nice day comes, yeah. I'll, I'll take it as a steal from here on out. But, you know, I'm strategically planning some trips south throughout the winter to kind of to do. I'll play in some pro members down in Florida strategically. And but no, it's it's awful. I, I, I wish we could play. Wow. Like I said, I'm a grass nerd. I still want to play every day. And so the wintertime is dark and depressing. <laughs> yes. I know. I, I don't I don't look at the weather forecast with the apps and stuff during the summer. It's spring or summer. I just don't. I yeah. This time of year I do. And I just ten day forecast and I'm like, okay, forty eight sunny. That's playable. Now you still have to wait to the day of because it doesn't get to forty eight until after like it's forty eight degrees for yeah. six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's depressing. I took my clubs out the other day. We were talking earlier, gotta get them out of the car. Treat them I nice saw that on your uh yeah. your little tidbit there. Take yeah, your clubs was- inside. Get them out of the car. But it is depressing. And 
you know, a friend of mine will call and goes, what do you, what do you guys do for the winter? I said, hey, listen, it's not that bad. We, we might sneak a day here. We might sneak a day in here and there. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you it's, never it's, had this problem. It, it, I haven't. You, you used to play all the time. I know. Well, unfortunately, I keep that circle alive and I can escape for here and there. Thank but you. it's kind of nice to have a break, too. I gotta, you got to think of some positive, right? Yeah, but, you gotta, uh, makes, yeah. You, makes you love it a little bit more when you get back to it. That's it does right. it makes you more hungry? Because that's what we more. tell ourselves. I don't know what they. I don't know what they say in Florida when when, when we make that comment. <laughs> Twelve months to play golf. Yeah. Although they got times they can't play either. Is there is there anything you miss about the kind of that grind of traveling, seeing different parts of the world, playing different golf courses? Yeah, totally. It's funny. I'm now out of playing full time a couple of years now, but it's. It's a weird transition period, and I'm involved with some different communities and membership things of athletes that have transitioned, and it's a huge space because a lot of people go through it, and it's your identity, right? And it's what you're used to. And so I do miss it. There's definitely, I miss the grind of the scheduling and then what just becomes part of you. And reestablishing that in a different manner is how you get through it, but Again, like I said, I'm fortunate that I'm still very close with a lot of people out there. I stay involved. So that kind of gives me my like my little bit of feet on it that so I'm not completely feeling lost without it. But I will say on the travel front, I, I find myself constantly trying to go somewhere, whether it's golf or not. I think yeah. it's like in my system. My husband like, settle down, let's stay home for a weekend. So that part of the move will leave me, but but I definitely miss it. I wish you could be out when it would coulda the women's games getting there if we were on the men's side and you, you could be out there forever with the money they make and the way they do it. But you know, gotta make money. You gotta keep going. You gotta work. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. I would, I would encourage people because we were joking earlier about her, the study up on on your own. It's it's out there. Allison had one of the great adventures in college. I, we would need a whole podcast just to maybe we will. I think it would be a great. I think it would be yeah. a, for kids who we got a lot of high school and and college subscribers to our magazine. Like to hear your story about could be could be just a whole twenty twenty five minute interview about that experience and transitioning and and, and yeah. around the different parts of the country. So we will table that because we might bug you to come back on maybe just yeah. before. You play in the FM Global Championship in, right. in August, right? We'll get you on and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll talk about your college career too. Love that. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, good luck. Enjoy the winter as best you can and and, and safe travels. And enjoy, and you, enjoy those getaways. Yeah, for sure. And and more home. Thank hold you, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Alan. Thank Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. All right. That was a great discussion with Allison. Some great stories, some wild stuff, just all of her travels and, yeah. and grinding over, over, over the game of golf. But as we always like to do at the end of an episode, Golf Course Confidential, I did not tell you where we're going this week, Jim. So this is a little bit of a surprise. We, we just jumped into recording pretty quickly when we got in here. Four Oaks. Have you played Four Oaks? This is, I'm going the other side of the city for you. So it's in Drake it. Have you ever been to Drake it? Have you ever, I have have, you ever braved I've, I've, 93 I've, I've, I've and to, gone north of the city? I have been up <laughs> in that neighborhood. I used to venture up there with an old college friend, lived up in Lynn, and we'd go north of Lynn and up to the Merrimack Valley. Merrimack Valley. Was it ever called something else? Yes, it was called, I believe it was called Meadow Creek for a okay. while. I think I played there 
Very close to Hickory Hill. You drive past Hickory Hill to get to yeah. it. I think I, I played there, but it going back. Yeah. So I got to play there last week. It's a public golf course. I played it when it was that it was 45 degrees. It was it was a chilly fall day, unlike today, which is beautiful and sunny and teasing us a little bit. Mm. And it's a golf course I would recommend people go play because it is kind of it's different than a lot of courses I've played. Not all not for necessarily great reasons. The 18 holes are very good. Have you ever played a golf course where you're like, these holes are all pretty good, but to get from hole to hole, it's kind yeah. of like you're, it's a lot, a lot of long rides in a golf cart. I love to walk. It's not really a great walking golf course, but you can ride. I paid 52 bucks on a Friday to play in the fall, which was a pretty good deal, including the cart. They just kind of give you the cart and encourage you to, to ride. It's a 6,200 yard golf course kind of weaved in a, around marshland, some housing developments, which can some people like, some people don't like, or just that feel. It used to be Meadow Creek, and it went under and was just kind of overgrown for a bunch of years. And and uh, okay. some guys came in and bought it up, built up the pro shop, built up a, kind of a nice restaurant. 6,200 yards, a lot of maybe little forced carries. You got to play over marsh. Greens are pretty good. Um, but it was, it was a good little golf course that I had never heard of. And then a friend just invited me to go up and play. And as a Bostonian, you're always looking for places that are, you know, 35 to 40 minute drives. That's, yep. that's kind of a sweet spot. Um, and that Drake had kind of scratched that itch as far as, okay. you know, a, a quiet Friday. It was before veterans day. So not a lot of traffic. It looks like if you go play kind of peak season, it's 64 bucks. And then you tack on 20 for a cart, which it feels like is the I think we've talked about prices before. That's kind of the run of the mill, yeah, middle of the road price now. Sixty four uh-huh. to eight, sixty to eighty bucks with a with a golf cart is no, is no, kind of no what people question. would. And it, the course was in good shape for the fall, which means it's going to be kind of in good shape. I don't love judging golf courses by condition because you never know what you're getting, and you never know what kind of season and how much no, rain we've got. No, I mean it was, and also we did have kind of a tough summer. Yes, for sure. For the opposite. In 22, we got no rain. Yep. And everything was burned out and people freak out. Oh, my God, my, the grass is brown. And I look at it like, man, that is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's grass, how you want Grass should be brown. <laughs> um, and then this year was tough. Yeah. Tough. Um, yeah. When if you didn't aerate at the correct time, yep. the fairways took a beating. Yep. Greens, most places I played. I played, a, I played some really good greens this year, but I played a lot of places that were up soft yeah yep just got too much rain yep yep so four oaks drake at mass uh an easy drive from boston i would encourage people to go check it out it's just it's a little bit of a different kind of feel people love the bar and the restaurant in there and the prices the prices is, is kind of right if you just want good greens good green complexes and 18 good holes you just gotta you just gotta drive a little bit to get to yeah. them which is which is a little bit odd but if you can get over that and or maybe even find some humor in some of the drives you have to make, it's a, it's a good spot to go check out. So that's Four Oaks in Drake at Mass. If you don't play it this fall, go check it out early this spring. And that is it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Encore's podcast. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use and listen to us on YouTube or watch us on YouTube. And thanks to Dave Yaz for producing this podcast and making us sound like we know what we're talking about. The Encore's podcast is a Siemens Media Production. <laughs>